We made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. screen i'm lifting my phone because that's where i've got the harvest mobile app let's go i'm ready to receive and fully submit to god's word which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path in this year of fruitfulness i will manifest good results in every area of my life in jesus name amen father i rebuke every witch warlock contrary spirit anything that would be in this atmosphere that would oppose the flow of the holy ghost and I say, Lord, have your way in this experience today. Your will be done. Matter of fact, I arrest that heaviness that's trying to attack some folks now. And I command that the presence of the Lord would bring liberty now. I shift this atmosphere right now. We rebuke ego. We rebuke flesh. We rebuke mess. We rebuke drama. And we say, Lord, have your way. I need everybody in this building to open your mouth and lift your hands. And for 10 seconds, go for broke, giving God glory. Go. I said, give God glory, everybody in this building, everybody on those computers, everybody on your phone. 10, come on. Nine, eight. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Holler, yes, Lord. Let me teach you something about atmosphere. You don't let nobody change your atmosphere. Let me teach you something about atmosphere. You don't let nobody come in your atmosphere with a jacked up attitude, with a jacked up spirit, with jacked up motives, because your atmosphere is too important. You've been through too much hell to let somebody be a block. I need you to just declare, say, Lord, your will be done today. If your house ain't right when you get there, you got to seize that house and you got to arrest it. If your office ain't right when you get there this week, you got to get up and arrest it. You never let anybody run the atmosphere. You run the atmosphere. Make this declaration. Say, I am the thermostat, not the thermometer. Let's get into this Bible. We're in our series called Power. Say Power. This is week two of our series. Why is atmosphere important? Atmosphere is important because if the atmospheres aren't right, there are certain things that cannot happen. Uh, an atmosphere is tantamount to soil. There's certain soil that won't get things done. You cannot grow watermelons in Colorado no, ma no matter how much water you put on them because the soil is not conditioned to grow that type of fruit. I need you to realize, watch this, that for you to walk in everything God has ordained for your life, you have got to stop being so emotional. You have got to stop being so driven because you don't like this, that, and the other. God didn't ask you for your opinion in the first place. Your job is to fall in line and submit to his will, not sit up and tell God why you think it should be another way. So this is why, watch this, oftentimes whenever you're getting ready to make great progress, your atmosphere is attacked. Because your atmosphere, watch this, if he can, watch this, if the enemy can mess with your atmosphere, he can mess with your peace. And if he can mess with your peace, now all of a sudden you'll start making bad decisions and you'll start doing things that aren't going to help you get to what it is that you say that you want. But I need you to declare this, say from this day forward, my atmosphere is charged with the Holy Ghost. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Listen, I will not conform to the spirit of Denver. 
And so I had to have a talk with myself while I was driving over here. I need to make sure that this atmosphere, watch this, is charged. Because I believe that God's about to show you something about himself that you've never seen in the month of November and December. And the last two months of this year, you're going to see more progress than you've seen the first. Come on in here. Come on in here. Say, Lord control of my atmosphere we're in week two of our series called power uh, power somebody say power first corinthians 4 20 says this for the kingdom of god what is the kingdom of god it's god's way of doing things the kingdom is heaven's attributes on earth it is watch this we're not trying to die to get there we're living well to bring there down here this is the kingdom of god doesn't consist in talk stop many christians are very good at their talk but the challenge sometimes is in the walk it's easy to talk christian talk it's very sometimes challenging to walk christian walk if there's nobody to ever hold you accountable so i pray that this series begins to hold you accountable to see some fruit and some results in your life make this declaration say i'm ready for results it's not enough to just talk about what God's going to do. You need to see him do it. It's not enough to talk about how he's going to save your kids. I prophesy by the end of this year, your whole house will be saved. It's not enough for you to just talk about how you're going to come out of debt. You need to watch yourself come out of debt. God says, my kingdom is not just in talk. It's not just in conversation. My kingdom is in power. And we've learned that that word power comes from this Greek word. That's the language of our New Testament. Dunamis, which is the word dynamite. Whenever dynamite, watch this, is lit on fire. Check this out dynamite is going to change everything that is in close proximity to it in other words God says the way I want to demonstrate my kingdom is that anybody or anything that gets close to somebody that's walking in the kingdom that they can never go back to being the way that they were I need you to realize watch this for some of the people that were in and out of your life it was because they couldn't handle the dynamite they could not handle the ability that when you stepped on the scene, they couldn't remain the way that they were. They couldn't keep talking the way that they talked. They couldn't keep acting the way that they acted. And sometimes you need to realize them walking away is a compliment. What is, because they're saying to you that you're so dynamic and there's so much dynamite on you that they couldn't handle the pressure so they had to get up out the kitchen. The kingdom does not consist in talk, but it consists in power. Say power. Now, watch this. Power, we've learned, is this word ability. So let me teach you this verse in light of the different definitions of the word power. It says, for the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. So we've learned that already means, watch this, dynamite. Say dynamite. dynamite. Which means everything that is, comes in contact with somebody that has power should change. I need you not to conform to what you're sent to change. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm. Some of you keep conforming to your bloodline instead of changing it. Some of you keep acting like the family members, you're sent to change. And God says, listen, then you're not demonstrating power. You're talking about it, but you're not being about it. He says the kingdom does not consist in talk, but it consists in dynamite, which means everything that comes in contact with you should change. It should not stay the same. People should talk different. They should walk different. They should act different. And if they know they can't, watch this, they'll remove themselves. You better thank God for the people who have removed themselves. Why? They weren't going to do anything but drain your power. They weren't going to do anything but drain your emotion. They weren't going to do anything but drain your power. Watch. Then it means ability. He says, for the kingdom of God is not in talk, but it's in ability. God says, proof of my kingdom is ability, which means you have the ability to do something. Uh, watch this. Through my power, you don't have the ability to do in your natural self. And this is why other people will look at you and say, how are you dealing with that? And here's the truth. You won't really have an explanation. Except to, gay, except to say God did it. Except to say the Lord did it. Except to say, come on, let's go old school. If it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, I do not even know how I would make it. Let's go further. We've come this far by faith. Doing what? I dare you to just lean on somebody next to you and say, that's how I made it. That's how I made it. If your neighbor ain't leaning, forget them and find you another one. Don't let them mess up your atmosphere. Lean on them and say, that's how I made it. That's how I'm standing. That's how I am here. Yeah. It means abundance. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in abundance. God says, evidence of my kingdom is that there's an abundance. Look at me of what you need. Wait, 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 wait. Because sometimes, watch this, you will look at somebody else's abundance. And then you'll say you don't have abundance. 
not realizing that you have abundance for what you are supposed to do, not for what they are supposed to do. You missed it. Sometimes you're judging your abundance because you're looking at somebody's Instagram post, not realizing the post is proof that they already broke. The post is proof that they're already, watch this, they're already indebted. You and I are sent to do different things in the earth. Got it? Which means the abundance you need is not the same abundance your neighbor needs. Which means, watch this, God says, when you have power, what you're sent to do, you'll have an abundance of. So you'll be able to do it from your abundance, not from your lack. Uh-uh, you're not getting it, you're not getting it. See, so for some of you, you're going to need a lot of mercy. Which is when God blocks negative stuff that you do deserve. Because your decisions are starting to get better. But because of some of your past bad decisions, you need his mercy to block the negative you do deserve. So what do you have an abundance of? Mercy for other people. Y'all ain't talking to me. So God says for what you're sent to do and what you need, you have an abundance of. Don't judge your abundance by somebody else's abundance. Some of you have an abundance, watch this, of patience. You have a patience that's inexplicable. And that's because what you're building, you ready? What you're building needs a deep foundation. Because the deeper the foundation, the higher the building can go. So the reason you have an abundance of patience is because you're not going to be a shooting star. You're not going to go up fast and fall fast. When you build, you're going to build long term. And when you build, this thing is going to last. I need you to know whatever you need an abundance for, that's what he provides. Don't judge your abundance based on somebody else's abundance because what you're sent to do is different. If you can't cook, you don't need an abundance of flour. You don't know what to do with it. You missed it. Some of you are missing the abundance you have because you're looking at somebody else's abundance, not realizing you're not supposed to do what they do. But I need you to do what you do when you do how you do when you do when you do when you do when you do it. Because only you can do that. Touch your neighbor, say, check your pantry. Says everything you need is already there. You already got the abundance that you need for what you're sent to do. Stop judging it based on somebody else's. If you ain't raising kids, you don't need a stroller. But you're looking at other people's strollers saying, oh God, I want a stroller. You ain't got no cheering. You don't need that. You're not catching the point, 915. The point is, for whatever God sent you to do, he's already given you an abundance to do it. Somebody holler, I got the power. Shout it again, I got the power. What? For some of you, you are sent to deal with difficult people. Literally, you're created to deal with people that other people would throw away. But you're sent, come here, Jeremiah. Jeremiah was sent to deal with difficult people. And Jeremiah had an abundance, watch this, that the others didn't have. The other prophets were like, I just curse all those people and let them die and go to hell. Jeremiah said, when I wanted to do that, it was like fire that was shut up in my bones. In other words, what did he say? I got the power to deal with these problems. And I need to encourage somebody, whatever problems you're facing, God has given you the power to deal with those problems. Stop judging it based on somebody else. <laughs> Lift your hands for five seconds and give God glory for the power he's already given you. Come on. Five, come on. Four, come on. Three, two, thank you, Jesus. One, say yes, Lord. Here's the next meaning. It means meaning. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in meaning. God says he always gives a why behind every what. Listen to me. He may not tell it to you. I need you to say this. I need you to say this. I need you to say this. Please, I need you to say this. Say, he always had a why. Well, I says, he may not tell you the why, but there's a why. 
For some of you who felt like you've spent your life making other people better for other people. He had a... Uh-huh. In other words, God says, listen, maybe you didn't understand the why when you were in that thing. Maybe you didn't understand the why when you were coming out that thing. He said, but watch this. He says, but if you step back and look at it, he says, my kingdom always has a why. There's always a meaning for it. There's a meaning for why they were mean to you. <laughs> Let me move. Might. For the kingdom of God, all of these are definitions of power. There's not consistent talk, but in might. God says, I want to make sure that if you do have to fight, that there's might in your fight. Look at me. So that they learn, don't come at me like that again. See, 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 see. Now, now let's be clear. You don't ever correct up. That's called anarchy. But there's some folk that's at your same level. And there's some folks who are your leaders. And there are folks you're supposed to be leading. Who watch this? There's, they don't sense might. And because they don't sense might in your fight, they're always putting up a fight. But sometimes you got to be like Goliath. Or be like David with Goliath. I told you to back up, Goliath. Since you didn't back up. This one blow is going to knock you down. And come in, Bible. And Goliath, when you get knocked down, what it's going to do is it's going to, watch this, you're going to be knocked down in front of all of the other warriors for Philistine. So what happens? They're going to retreat because they see how I checked you. They're going to retreat because they see how I handled you. What are you saying, Bishop? There's some things you've not handled, which is why they got backup now. <laughs> the reason it's stronger now is because they went to go recruit some other people because they didn't sense any might in your fight. But I wish you'd lay your hands on yourself so there's might in your fight. Watch. Then it means working miracles. God says, for the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in working miracles. God says, now watch this. I want to work miracles in you, through you. For some, you're going to be the miracle. You're going to show up at the grocery store. Their card ain't going to work. And you're going to be behind them to be the miracle. God says, that's my kingdom. Watch this. Some of you, God wants to work the miracle through you. Some of you, God wants to work the miracle for you. In other words, God says, to need a miracle, that means there's no other options. Shut up. Some of you, what God has been doing, I don't mean shut up literally, it's a figure of speech. For some of you, what God has been doing is turning out all the options. Because <laughs> God says, I want to work a miracle. But to work a miracle, come here one more to issue of blood. For 12 years, I needed you to go through every doctor in town. I needed you to go through every possible option. I needed you to send your resume to every possible place. I need, y'all not saying nothing to me. I needed you to watch this to date every eligible person that could make it past the thing. Y'all like talking to me. I needed you to exhaust all of the options so that when you have no other options, God says, let me work a miracle for you. Can you prophesy to your role? Say, I think a miracle's coming to your house. Don't be mad that he shut the other doors because the one he's about to... Bust open this week is going to make the other one. Strength. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but strength. All of these are definitions of the word power. It consists in strength. Now, we learned last week and we learned on Wednesday that uh, what this strength means is when God's strength takes over. In other words, your human strength depletes, then God's strength take over. And we looked at that on Wednesday. Get Wednesday's message. Here's the next definition. It means, it means mighty work. Say mighty works. Mighty work. God says, I want to do mighty works to you. The kingdom doesn't consist in talk, but in mighty works. Then it means, watch this, violence. And, and violence often has a negative connotation. From a scriptural standpoint, it doesn't. It just means focused and unwavering. Look at me. Whenever you are focused and unwavering, you're operating with power. I rebuke your wishy-washiness. 
Come on. I need y'all to not look at me like you ain't had some. Just watch this. Some of y'all, since you got up this morning, you done already wished and washed. Can I get everybody to just put your hands in the air and say, Lord, I'm focused and unwavering on moving forward. Your will be done in my life. Huh? Watch. Here's the next definition. It means the influence of riches. And I taught you it's this word pecuniary ability, which means the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but it consists in pecuniary ability. What does that mean? It's a really fancy word that means people treat you like you've hit an income bracket you haven't. You know you're walking in power when people look at you and can't help but to give you a better deal. Watch me without you asking for it. I declare you're going to have some deals that are coming your way this week. And they're going to treat you like you a whole nother income bracket. A whole nother, a whole nother level of person. And you're not going to ask for it. Watch this. They're going to sense that you got power. Can I get you to open your mouth and say, I've got power. Say it again, please. Everybody in this building and online say, I've got power. That's what this word means. So I'm not crafting this word to make it mean something that makes you shout. I'm just telling you what this word means. See, the gospel is good news. And sometimes we got to realize everything in here, even if it looks bad, if you peel it back far enough, it's good. Because this is the gospel of Jesus Christ, which means it's good news. Which means even if it starts out as a mess, keep peeling because it's about to get good. Even if you're in the middle, I want to preach this morning. Even if you're in the middle of a tough situation, if you keep peeling that thing back, it's going to get good. Why? And we know that all things work together for the good. If I keep peeling, it's about to get it's about to get that's the gospel y'all good news and sometimes to get through good news it's like an onion you're going to have to cry sometimes but if you keep on peeling that thing you know what I discovered that inner onion has got a sweetness on it I can't even cook but I know that well, I can do breakfast but uh if you peel that outer layer, the outer layer is rough. Then those other layers, that's the, and the reason the onion's that way is not because an onion's like that. The onion absorbs, watch me, the sulfur of the soil it's in. Which means there are certain situations that are the way they are because of where they are. <sighs> but if you keep peeling that onion back, you get to that inner onion, there's a sweetness on that. And for some of you, God says, listen, baby, you at the last peel. What was making you cry is about to make you shout. What was making you say, I can't take no more, is about to turn for you. I don't know who I'm talking to, but if you needed that word for yourself, can you throw one hand in the air and say, Lord, I receive it. Here it is. Then it means more power. Kingdom of God is not consistent talk, but more power. More power is when we have the ability to do right when wrong is easy. Okay? And, and sometimes in life, we, we, we don't understand that the Bible is not a book about destiny. I don't even like the word destiny because it implies destination. In fact, the time you see the word, the concept of destiny used in the scripture is when it talks about us being predestined to be conformed to the knowledge of him. So that just means your destiny is to be more like Jesus. Look at me, a lot of y'all get angry with God. Watch me, you get frustrated with God because you're in pursuit of something he never actually promised. I'm just chasing my destiny. Where does he say that? Where, where is that at? I'm just pursuing my destiny. Where is that at? The Bible is not a book about destiny. It's a book about choices. So why does he give us power? So that we can do right when wrong is easy. So that our choices will take us to a greater place. Mm -mm. So y'all ain't shouting now. Because sometimes you have this idea like I'm going through this trouble. And then on th Tuesday the 14th I'm going to wake up and bam. I'm going to be there. Stop. That's not happening. God says day by day I said before you life and death. The blessing and the curse. Choose. Now, if you choose to do wrong, when you knew to do right, watch this, you're going to detour the journey and the path that you were on. 
So I give you power so that you stop wasting time. Let me get prophetic again. Please don't play with me. Free me. Can I get you to lift your hands? Say, God's going to redeem my time. For every bad decision I've made up to this point in life, between now and December 31st, 2019, it will be as if, please hear me, I never made the bad choice. Please release a praise if you believe God's Holler, yes, Lord. He said, Bishop, give me scripture for that. He's got the power to do that. He's got the power, the scripture says in Joel, to restore the years, the time that have been wasted by locusts. What are locusts? Bad decisions. Things that grew because of what you wouldn't do. Then that word power means, let's move. That word power means, y'all with me? It means excellent. Y'all with me? Then it means excellence of soul. The kingdom of God doesn't consist in talk, but in excellence of your soul. What's your soul? Mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. So God says, I don't just want you to be average. But for you not to be average, I got to make sure that your soul is an average. You will have an average life if you have an average soul. Mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. See, what differentiates you between anybody else that does what you do? Your soul. Your soul. Your mind, thoughts, and emotions. Your lid, hear me, your lid is in your soul. You can never outgrow your soul. You'll be too top-heavy. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You, you, <laughs> you, you'll be putting, not, some of y'all taking it too literal, but if the shoe fits, put that thing on, watch. You will be trying to carry carry all this weight watch what ain't gonna work help me out don't close it all the way I need my place watch okay. if you have an unexcellent soul mind thoughts feeling emotions here's what happens put that on there touch your neighbor and say this is not gonna work and that's how somebody on your road's been living. Because the moment God moves his hand, it can't stand. <laughs> but can I get you to just declare, say, God's making me excellent. Say it again. Say everything about me. He's improving. He's making it better. I was born to excel not to dwell. So if your mind isn't right, then your money won't be right. If your mind isn't right, then your family won't be right. Y'all not talking to me. So what God does is God says, I got to first make sure that I get your soul right so that your life can be better. You can't have a better. Listen, some of you go, I don't know why I keep making bad decisions. I'll tell you why. You look great on the outside. Period. But that soul, that soul, that soul, you still think like you're, watch this, you still think like you're in your trauma. You still think like you're in your drama. You still think like you're in your pain. So you make new people look like old people because your soul And good people ain't going to wait for you to get it right. <laughs> Say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So, today's message. <laughs> Whatever you behold, you become. We learned that on Wednesday, right? So the kingdom of God doesn't consist in talk, but it consists in power. So we learn these are the definitions of power. The question becomes, how do we see this power manifest through our lives? Because it sounds amazing, right? It's all that it sounds amazing. Like y'all was shouting and screaming and hollering and yes, Lord. It sounds amazing. Well, here's how we see it. Whatever we behold, we become. Whatever I look at long enough, I will start to liken myself to. Which is why some of you have to be careful, watch this, that you do not live your life by social media. Because you'll start, no, let me not say that. 
because you'll start. You'll start living your life like you're an Instagram star. And you're posting information, watch me, for the enemy to know what to attack. Because you think you a celebrity. I cleaned it up, what I was going to say. What I was going to say, watch this, you got to be careful that whatever you become, you behold. So don't live your life by social media because you'll be nothing more than an into. See, I, I ain't going to say it. Come on, Friday. Watch. Whatever you behold, you become. Oh, listen, ladies. Don't come with no nice hair. I'm going to sweat you out. I'm just joking. Whatever you behold, you become. Say, whatever I behold, I become. So here it is. Here's the word. So over 25 times, there's something we see Jesus do. The scripture says in, in Hebrews chapter 12, uh, 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 looking unto Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith, which means if I look at him, I'll become more like him. Now, here it is. Jesus, over 25 times, the scripture records that Jesus prayed. Now, think about this. He's God. Why is he praying? To show us what to do. Because he knew whatever we behold, we Okay, so let's back that principle up so that we all get it together, class. So Jesus is praying, and he's God. So he's not praying to get an answer because he is the answer. He is praying to show us how to pray because he knew that whatever we be we become. Now we got it. So, here's an example. In Luke 6 and 12, let's move. In the days he went out to the mountain to pray. In these days, rather, he went out to the mountain to pray. And all night he continued in prayer to God. How long did he pray? All night. Watch this. Uh, listen, some of you want a life that requires all night prayer, not five minutes. Oh, let's go, y'all. Let's go, let's go. Let, play your hands on yourself. Say, Lord, give me a passion to pray. God prayed all night when he didn't have to to show you what to do. And let me show you. Watch me. I'm going to throw the doggone mic. Let me show you what he, decisions he was getting ready to make. And that's why he prayed so long. Because he was praying before he made decisions. And a lot of people, you make decisions, then pray it works out. And hoping and wishing and a wing and a prayer ain't Bible. In days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. Verse 13, and when day came, so what was he doing? He prayed before the sun got up. He was commanding his day and commanding his week, which is why every Monday we gather for one hour to pray. Why? We're just beholding Jesus, and whatever we behold, we become. What do you mean commanding your day? If you're waiting until Sunday morning gets here to pray, about Sunday is too late. In the Bible, a day begins the night prior. Read Genesis in the evening and the morning with the first day and so on. Watch. Verse 13. And when day came, say day's coming. He called his disciples. Watch. And chose from them 12 whom he named apostles. You missed it. You missed the whole point. He spent all night praying. Watch me. Before he decided who was going to be around him. I'm coming for you. He didn't let a few nice conversations. He didn't let a few flattering words make him think that this person deserves a seat at my table. He said, I'm going to pray all night to make sure that who I pick to be around me are the right people. Could it be some of your disappointment is that you pick before you pray? And now you're trying to make the pick work because too many people know about your pick. Everybody knows that's your friend now. So even though you've known for years, they ain't about nothing. Say, so he prayed before he picked. And, and listen, he prayed all night. 
Because he said, who's going to be around me? He says, listen, I've spent 30 years of my life preparing for three and a half. And I got to make sure the people around me can hold what I'm about to do. Because if they cannot, I cannot report to the Lord I didn't get it done. Because I didn't have the right help. I prophesy that every person you need around you is being drawn to you. Every resource, every person, every seat, be it friendship, relationship, business, whatever it is, your seat is be your seats are being filled with the right people. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, say, I receive that. So let's move, guys. What is, what is prayer? So what did Jesus do? He prayed. He prayed. Uh, what is prayer? There's three forms of, di uh, of direct two-way communication with God. This is prayer. Three forms of direct two-way communication with God. When we pray, it is direct. Y'all remember Next Tale? Direct connect. Where you didn't have to dial the number. You just pull them up and it's like a little wonky talking and you just do 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 do. There's a chirp. All right. All right. Some of y'all don't remember Next Tale. <laughs> Who remembers Next Tale? Okay. All right. All right. All right. Who don't know what Next Tale is? All right. Okay. <laughs> Some of y'all ain't millennials who raised your hand. I'm trying. Maybe y'all didn't have Next Tale. So Next Tale, I think they were bought by Sprint later on also known as a can and a string. And um, <laughs> I'm just messing. <laughs> that wasn't a joke. That is true. Somebody from Sprint try to make a call right now. I'm just, uh, no, I'm just messing. <laughs> I'm just messing. I'm just being funny. Guys, seriously, I'm just being funny. Just got to have fun, okay? Touch your name. Say, have fun in church. Just being funny, all right? We love all phone companies, okay? <laughs> Amen. Watch. Watch. It's direct two-way communication with God. Prayer is not just you talking. He talks back. He responds. Many people you were taught to pray. Here's what you do. Blah, 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 blah. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I'm done praying. And God says, all that was was a monologue. I wanted to have dialogue. You didn't give me an opportunity to respond. Three forms of direct two-way communication with God. So here it is. First Timothy 2.1. We got to move. First Timothy 2.1. First of all, <laughs> I like Paul. First of all, <laughs> this tells you a lot about Paul. <laughs> Tell you a whole lot about Paul. Tell you a whole lot about all that. Paul was like, first of all, then I urge that, here it is, supplications. That's when you pray for other Christians. It's like a supplement. Watch the next type of prayer. What's the next type? It's right there. Prayers is the next type of prayer. Y'all, it's right on the screen. Y'all, it's a whole book test. Prayers. Prayer means to ask. That's what you do for yourself. Notice the order. He said, pray for somebody else first. Then I urge that supplications, that's when you pray for other Christians. Prayers, that's when you pray for yourself. Pray, to pray means to ask. Then finally, intercessions. This is when you pray for people who can't go to God on their own. Bishop, what do you mean? Everybody can go to God. Nope. John 9.31 says, that watch this, that the, that the Lord does not hear the prayer. You see it right there? We know that God does not listen to sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Got it? So if a person is not a believer, then their prayers, the scripture said, the only prayer that can be heard there is the prayer for salvation. Because prayer is a privilege, which means it's only extended to sons and daughters. Not just God's creation. Everybody got that? Okay. All right. Just, that's Bible. Okay. So it doesn't matter what you feel about it. Doesn't matter what you think about it. The Bible has got to be the final determining factor. All right. Now, so, so here it is. Three types. Supplications. Touch your neighbor. Say, I'm going to pray for you today. Matter of fact, take five seconds. I want you to pray that your neighbor would be shalom. Ready? Go. Father, let me pray for the person sitting next to us on our left and our right. We pray that they would be shalom. What does that mean? It just means that they would have peace. What is that? Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing lacking. All is well. Say in Jesus' name. Now, then the second is to ask. This is to pray for yourself. I want you to pray for yourself. Take five seconds to pray for yourself. Let's go. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for ourselves. Lord, that you would cause us to be shalom. What is that? Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. All is well. Say, say, I'm covered by your blood. Come on, 915, say, I'm covered by your blood. Here's the last type of prayer. Uh, it means to intercede. So this is when you pray for somebody that doesn't know the Lord. Anybody in here know somebody that doesn't know the Lord? Good. We're going to pray right now. Call their name out. And I say, Father, the name I just call, draw to yourself. I pray you would interject yourself in their life, in their situations, what they're dealing with, what they're facing. And you would draw them to you. Let them know you love them just like you love me. Let them know you're for them just like you're for me. 
I intercede for them now in Jesus' name. Amen. Three types of direct prayer. All right, direct communication, three types. Here's this last part, and thanksgiving. Stop. God says, whenever you pray, I need you to always make sure you put some thankfulness in it. Let me tell you why sometimes you get worried. It's because you're not thankful about what God's already done. And is there anybody in here at this 915 where you can tell the truth? God has already done something for you that's amazing, and I'm already thankful. Let's call the roll. You could have been dead. You could have been gone. You could have been sleeping in your grave. You should have lost your mind, should have committed suicide, should have jumped off the bridge, should have gave up. But God has been good to you. And if there's any thankful people in this building and online, can I get you to just holler, thank you, Jesus. God kept you, man. You didn't do that for yourself. God protected you. You didn't do that for yourself. So here it is. Let's go. Here it is. He says, and thanksgivings be made for who? All people. That's deep because the real test of maturity is can you pray for people you don't like? Thanksgivings for who? All people. Which means you become thankful for everybody in your life. Watch. He says, for all people. Which means, watch this. Whatever role someone played in my life, I'm thankful. You won't struggle with forgiveness if you're thankful. So there's some people you need to say, thank you. You know what? What you did hurt. What you did was betrayal. Thanks. I learned there was life after betrayal. Say, thank you, Lord. Let's move. Let's move. I'm going to have to cut this short. Watch this. Verse 2. For kings and all who are in high positions. Now, now watch this. He says, he says, you got to pray for leaders. This is interesting. Because what most people like to do is complain about something they could never do. People like to complain about leadership, leadership on your job, leadership in church, leadership in this, leadership in that. It's easy to complain about leadership, but here's the truth. You couldn't handle the seat. That's what the Bible says. You pray for those. You see it? It's right there. For kings and all who are in what? High positions. Any position of leadership or authority. So watch this. So we can lead a peaceful life. He says, if you'll pray for leaders, he says, it'll be to your benefit. So I know you may not like certain people in certain positions, but the Bible says let's pray for them because it benefits. So here's the next question. I got I to cut this fast. We got to go. When should we pray? Say, when should we pray? Luke 18, 1. And he told them a parable. A parable is a story used to teach a principle to the effect that they ought to what? Always pray and not lose heart. So here's what we do. We pray about everything all days, always. I'm going say again. We pray about what? When? All days. But think about that. How many things do you do on autopilot? You just do it on autopilot. Let me show you what that literally means. Literally means everything. They were getting ready to have a fish dinner. Two piece fish, five husk puppies. No crunchies. And what did Jesus tell his disciples to do? They said, this is not enough. He said, you don't think it's enough because you haven't tapped into power. Touch the name and say, you have enough. enough. Say, tap into the power. When they prayed over it. Some of y'all, when you get your check, you need to bless that thing. Give the Lord what's his and then pray over and say, Lord, now listen, I expect this to take care of all of this. Some of you, before you, I'm going to go in this meeting and I'm going to say this and I'm going to say this. What you need to do is back all that up and say, Lord, give me the tongue of the learned. Let me speak what you want me to speak. Say what you want to say and silence me when I need to shut my mouth. Say everything, all days, always. All right, here it is. Let's move. So here's the question. How should we pray? How should we pray? Can I get this to you real fast? I'm going to move as fast as I can. Let's go. Bishop Speedy Gonzalez, let's go. How should we pray? James 4.2. You desire and do not have, so you lie on people. Murder there doesn't just mean literal murder. It means that you murder people's influence. He says, you want what they have, and since you can't have it, you lie about them. He says, you covet 
and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. He said the reason you fight with other people is because there's something they have you want. And sometimes it's control. Sometimes it's power. So you're fighting with them to get something that they have. He says, you do not have. Let's go, church, because you do not ask. What did we learn the word pray means? Ask. He says, you never ask for yourself. So you're getting involved in fightings and squabbles and issues with folk, and you never pray to ask for yourself. So watch the Bible. Watch, y'all ready? Verse 3. And you ask, watch this. He says, some of you do pray. Here it is. He says, but you don't get it. He says, let me tell you why you don't get it. Because you asked from a wrong motive. You didn't want it to glorify God. You wanted it to show somebody how good you are now. You want to be able to say, back then you didn't want me, now I'm hot y'all up on me. And God says, and I'm about to shut that down too. Yeah, yeah, your motives are wrong. Lay your hands on yourself, say, check your motives. Why do you want to be the curse breaker? To look at the rest of your family and say, look, y'all ain't nothing. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Or do you want to bring them with you? Y'all ain't talking to me. Why do you want to see God do amazing things in your life? Because you want to tell all the people who rejected you, look, you shouldn't have rejected me. Or do you want to be like Joseph and say, what you meant for evil? God turned it around for my good. Does your neighbor say, why do you want it? God says, I heard what you asked me for, but I know what you wanted it for. It wasn't to glorify me. He says, you wanted it so you could spend it on your passions. So, so the reason you asked me for money is because you don't want to work. Y'all ain't talking to me. He says, the reason, the reason you want a relationship is because you want to show one of your other single friends. You don't even like them. The reason you want a miracle. Are you catching the point? God is like, what do you want it for? He says, so yeah, you asked, but I ain't giving it to you. Because what you want it for is wrong. What you want it for. Say, Lord, make your desires. My desires. Okay, 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 okay. I got to move. I got to move. I got to move. I got to move. All right. So the question becomes, why should we pray? Number one, not praying is sin. And it will cause us to sin. So not praying is a sin in itself. But then when we don't pray, we're going to sin. What does sin mean? That sounds really... <laughs> it means to miss the mark. What does that mean? You're going to make mistakes when you don't pray that you didn't have to make. And not praying is a mistake. There are certain things that you know you're wrong because you didn't follow protocol to do it. There are certain things that you know you're wrong because you didn't follow order to do it. As if you're going to conceal something from God. Y'all not talking to me? There are certain things like, I ain't going to say nothing. I'm just going to do it and this and that. And God is like, that's how you know that ain't me because if it was me, you wouldn't have had no problem doing it right. Ooh, y'all don't like this kind of preaching in church. All right, let's go, let's go to the scripture. 1 Samuel 12, 23. Let me finish. Because your neighbor is going to be a prayer warrior in the next four minutes before they walk out of here. 1 Samuel 12, 23. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by what? Ceasing to pray. We'll stop right there. I won't go any further on the verse. He says, it's sin to cease to pray. And sometimes we cease to pray because we want to do it our way. So we stop involving God because you're like, God, I know your way is going to require more of me. And I'm so tired. And the reason you're tired is because you've been doing it your way in the first place. It's like, I'm not praying about this. I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. And God says, yeah, you're about to take a detour. That's sin and you're about to sin. But I rebuke whatever sin you were contriving in your heart to do this week. Would you lift your hands and say, Lord, forgive me for ceasing to pray. Let me finish the word. Let me finish the word. Let me finish the word. So here it is. Why should we pray? So I told you what prayer is, when we should pray, how we should pray, uh, why we should pray. The first is not praying is sin, and it will call you to sin. It's a mistake not to pray, 
and when you don't pray, you're going to make mistakes. Got it? Let's say it again. Run that back. It's a mistake not to pray. And when you, when you don't pray, you're going to make mistakes. And there's a lot of decisions. You're like, God, why didn't you stop it? He said, you never asked. And God, watch this, God is not going to, watch this, superimpose his will on somebody that didn't ask him. Like, everything happens for a reason. Because mm-hmm, you did it. Here's what I love about God, though. Because haven't we all done that? Come on, let's have a three-second celebration. Let me tell you why, though, is that even when we did that, God is so amazing that he took the good, the bad, the ugly, and our own mistakes, and he made them work. Can you give God three seconds of glory that even though we've all done that, he's still... All right. Why do you keep stopping and having us release praise and all that? Because when you're eating, my job as a shepherd is to chop this word up, feed it to you. But every parent in here knows that you can't just keep giving food. You got to give them the sippy cup. So when we break to give God glory and worship and we agree with our neighbor, what am I doing? I'm letting you digest what you just were fed. My job as a shepherd is to chop it up. Because if you try to eat it all whole, it's a lot. How much word you got? A lot. And I need to cut it so that you can receive it. Let's go. Some of y'all who know about that, you know you can't just... Here's the second thing. Here's the second thing, and I got to quit. Oh, God, I got to quit. Say prayer brings peace. Philippians, watch me, Philippians 4, 6. Let me tell you, let me tell you why you keep making a whole lot of erratic decisions. You have no peace. And I'm not talking about the situation being peaceful. I'm talking about you having peace. And not peace with you, peace with God. Your wrestling match has been with God. And God is like, would you stop fighting? Can, can, I, can I show an example? Come here. Y'all, I've been using y'all a lot lately. Yes, the Lord to use you. You don't get to pick how. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, say, you don't get to pick how. I didn't ask to be a pastor. I didn't ask to be a bishop. I just said, Lord, use me. He said, this is what I want. I said, why you want that? He says, because there's something in you that I made for you to do that can't nobody do except you. Y'all fight. Fight. Oh, oh, he didn't drop this. He didn't drop the computer. All right, y'all fight. Y'all fight. All right, all right, all right. Okay, okay. All right, all right. Hold on. Wait a minute, Tyson. Stop. Hold on. He over there biting that man's ear. Watch. Now, let's for just for sake of, sake of, sake of the argument. We're riding. We're done. For the sake of argument. Let's just pretend like you, God, since you. <laughs> and, and you you are the person. Right? Okay. Now, now, fight God. God, this is what I want. God, why won't you let me have it? God, I don't understand. God, why is it so hard? God, Lord, when are you going to do something? Lord, when are you going to do something? That's good. Lord, when are you going to do something? Lord, when are you going to do something? And you're doing all of this struggling. And God says, would you please just stop fighting and be at peace with me? Judge your neighbor. Say, stop fighting God. Say, be at peace with him. Say, Lord, I'm at peace with you. So where it is, here it is, here it is. Y'all just stay right there. I may have you fight again. Philippians 4, 6, stay right there. Do not be anxious about anything. You're so worried about stuff, you can't change no how. Who's going to do this? Who's going to do this? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? God says, stop. He says, but in what? Everything. By what? Prayer. What is that? To ask for your? And then he said, when you're praying for you, make sure you're praying for somebody And he said, and when you pray, you better make sure you put some thanksgiving on it. Let your request be made known unto God. Verse 7, and here it is. And the peace of God, which surpasses. 
all understanding. Watch me, 915. It will guard your heart. What's your heart in the Bible? Your mind. Wait a minute. Now I know why you've been thinking what you've been thinking. Now it makes sense why you've been thinking stuff you have no business thinking. Now it makes sense why you start making decisions that you don't. You know why? Because your mind is unguarded. So that means anything that comes at you, you entertain it. Because there's no fence up to protect your mind. Y'all ain't talking to me. There's no fence up to protect your thinking. There's no fence up to protect what you see and what you do. Because God says, you don't have my peace. So that means anything somebody lays in front of you, you're like, oh, that sounds good. Oh, that makes sense. Because watch this. Fight again. And hold them, hold them out like this. Try to find them. So when the enemy says, you know, just cheat. It looks enticing because it's a distraction because your mind ain't guarded. God, I'm out of time, but are y'all getting this? Let me give you one more example. Come on. Fight again. Fight again. Hold them out. Fight. You ain't prayed about nothing. You're just trying to do your thing. You haven't asked God about anything. You did. This is what I want. This is what I feel. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to college for. And you, God is like, you never asked me anything. This is where I want to work. This is where I want to be. This is what I'm going to do. And God says, I made you so I know what you need. And I need you to ask me what it is you're supposed to do. So now you get offered a job with some good pay that, that distracts you from what God sent you to do. Because you're trying to chase a dollar instead of chasing your... Say, Lord, your will be done in my life. Here's the final principle, and I got to stop. Prayer has power as it's working. Say, prayer has power as it's working. I'm literally done, so just kind of keep it right there. James 5, 16. The prayer of a righteous man, righteous person, has great power as it's what? Working. So here's what we're going to do, guys. You ready? Here's what we're going to do. What I want to do is I want to ask that you do something today. And if it's your first time, I pray you don't feel uncomfortable. If you do feel uncomfortable, that's okay. Um, you'll be all right. Um, here's what I want you to do. Can we put into practice what we just learned? <laughs> Confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. We ain't doing that part. The prayer of a righteous has great power as it's working. We're going to pray for one another. Then you're going to pray for yourself. And then we're going to tell God, thank you. And when you leave this week, you're going to see some results. Many of you, when you, watch me, when you leave church today, the results are going to start. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. 
And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.